Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. In the fall each year, we all congregate. The bounce all gathered at the church of Tilgate. The scriptures reading from the book of Munson. Our favorite verse, my God, of precious. Drunk and obnoxious, what children face. Ain't nothing finer in the land. Now the 3,000 of our best friends. It's Saturday in that thing. Welcome to the Saturday Night Athens Podcast, where a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. Just going to be straight up with y'all. Not going to get the most optimistic HG today. Definitely not going to get the most optimistic Boss Dog today. We are a little bit salty <laughs> this afternoon as we tape. We did not tape last night post game, and just trust us, that was best for everyone involved. <laughs> Very um, much so. We are going to try and get through this in as clean a language uh, frame as possible. But obviously, look, guys, really, really frustrating night. Um, I'm sure us, like the rest of you, went into it thinking that we would go out and impose our will and do what we do. And this was going to be the night that a lot of the demons were exercised. And instead of that, another one got added. So, I mean, let's go home. Let's talk about this thing. Let's go biggest takeaway for you or or let's let's do it this way what is the thing that surprised you the most like the thing that you expected would happen that did not in that game last night our lack of ability to get pressure on bryce young i don't feel that bryce young did anything different than he's done all season he has the longest basically hold time of any quarterback from getting the ball to throwing the ball of any quarterback in the sec And he was able to sit back there and read a book, read the newspaper, you know, draft a novel pretty much all game. And that he's the first quarterback to be able to do that all season against us. And it wasn't because of something that he did. It's that Swiss cheese of an offensive line that got dominated by Auburn last week, gave up seven sacks, all of a sudden became competent. That was the biggest surprise for me last night. I have no idea what they changed or what they did in that week of preparation or what they saw on our film that that they were able to pick up but I mean hats off to them because they picked up every stun and every blitz in the first half that we had and we couldn't touch them let me ask you this because this is something that uh my brother uncle Chris and I talked about last night after the game is do you think we were a little bit arrogant, maybe probably more arrogant than we should have been about our capabilities in the front seven and the ability to get home with four. Because if you look back at what Auburn had success doing, what LSU had success doing, that's not what we do from a base defense perspective. So do you think we were just too arrogant to say, well, we don't have to do that. We'll get home with our four and we'll just play what we play. The more direct route to my question is, 
is it that Alabama's line did something to get better, or is it that we just schematically did not game plan like we should have? I think that plays into a little bit. I think that I won't say that we read our own press clippings because usually we're a little bit. Kirby has a pretty good control of that with the team and the leadership group has pretty good control of that in the locker room. But I feel like when it was pretty clear in the middle of the second quarter, when we were not getting home, that there should have been some adjustments at that point in time. We shouldn't have waited until we were down 31-17 to start bringing five, six, sometimes seven. And we should not, we should have adjusted the defense much quicker than we did. I don't really understand the game plan, and I don't understand the thought of, okay, lesser teams had success against them, and we were because they had to do the, they had to do X, they had to bring six, they had to bring seven, and we just thought that our front four, our front five, if we brought five, we're just going to get home every single time, or you know, even half the time, because we did against lesser opponents. And I don't understand that mentality when it's the biggest game of the season. You just don't think you're just going to line up and do the same thing you do every single time. And that's just, I mean, Bama, the um, Bama defensive players, Nick Saban, they, I mean, they clearly didn't run, you know, the same thing they do every game, every single time on defense. I'm talking about on defense. You know, they did some changes. They even talked about that. They knew that they could view Stetson. They flat out, they weren't shy about saying that in the press conference. They threw shade at Stetson. They weren't shy about it and knew that they could confuse him, and they did. So, and they changed things in their defense that weren't all, that they would, haven't shown most of, most of the season. So, I feel like we should have done that too. And when we finally did start bringing pressure on Bryce, now granted, Mitchie was out at this point in time, but he started getting a little rattled, and we got three straight three and outs in the second half. Yeah, too little, too late on that. I, I think at that point, you know. We had and we texted about this last night, but they got punched in the mouth in the second quarter, and from the second quarter through the middle of the third quarter, they were just on absolute skates. And so, for me, the most surprising thing was thirty-four points. I, if you had told me that the Georgia defense was going to give up thirty-four points, I wouldn't have cared if you told me they were playing um, the Chargers. I would have said you were crazy. And we talked about this last year during the twenty twenty season. I think everybody and their mama knows, especially this year with this 2021 team, the defense is what we're hanging our hat on, baby. Like, you know, let's send a defensive guy to New York for the Heisman. Our defense is otherworldly and historic and all these things. Well, then guess what? You can't give up 34 points. I don't care who you play. And so I know there's a lot been said on Twitter and all over social about Stetson and the offense and blah, blah, blah. And there are certainly faults there. But end of the day, homie, can't give up 34 points. I mean, that's end-all, be-all. And we say 30 we, – we know what the final score was, but the defense gave up 34 points. Seven of it was on the offense. So, yes, I understand they scored 41 points, but the defense gave up 34, and that cannot happen. So – and that feeds into what you talked about. I mean, the reason they gave up 34 was they couldn't pressure the quarterback. So, Bryce sat back there and wrote his own memoir – while he was also completing an SEC championship game record uh, amount of passing yards in not just the first half, but the entire game. So I, for me, and nobody's really said this, and I wish they would have, because I'll, I'll tell you, and we already talked about this a little bit, but I'll, I'll get to the post-game stuff. Post-game language really bothered me, not from Alabama, but from us. Because, homie, for me, the only acceptable answer was I'm embarrassed. 
I'm embarrassed at the way we played and we just got embarrassed because of it. And that's all that should have been said. Dude, the fact that we got, we're in the locker room talking about, and in post-game pressers talking about this, this is going to be a wake-up call for us. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm still salty about it. How do we need a wake-up call when it's the SEC title game? It's three-game season now. Well, now it's two-game season, but it was three-game season. You got the opportunity to land a gigantic knockout punch and get rid of the biggest obstacle to the mountaintop you're trying to climb. And, oh, we, we got a wake-up call? Get out of here. That bothered me, man. So uh, I, I did not like that. And that needs to change quick. Like, no, you don't need a wake-up call when you're playing Alabama in the SEC title game. Uh, so, yeah, clearly I'm frustrated about that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, man, I just – we should be embarrassed about how we played because that was embarrassing. And I think David Pollock said it best today. You shouldn't be worried about where you're getting ranked. You should be worried that you got hit in the face with a two-by-four by Alabama last night. And he's absolutely right. You got hit in the face on national TV last night and embarrassed. Somebody needs to come out and say that. We're embarrassed. It won't happen again. That's what I want somebody to come out and say. I didn't hear none of that last night. So, yeah, take that, take that where you want to, boss. <laughs> well, I'm certainly embarrassed. I mean, not that that means anything to you know them, but it, last night was the first time in a long time that I felt this way. And by this way, I mean every feeling that I've had of disappointment and frustration as a Georgia fan came out last night. And I don't mean just this year. I mean last year. Like last year losing to Alabama was frustrating, but not in the way that this was. Losing to Florida last year was frustrating, but not in the way like last season was just kind of an aberration, but you go back to 19 and there weren't games. I, I didn't feel this way in a game in 19. Like the last time I felt like this, I really want to say it was probably the, the 18 sec championship. Cause that was a game we should have won and we blew it at the end. But even that this game, after they scored that first touchdown, it almost felt like it was a foregone collusion that we were going to lose that game. It didn't feel like that we had any control at that point when Jameis Williams Williams took that pass and blew past Chris Smith. It just did not feel not that that should have never happened. I don't know what, why we decided to looking back at the play on the replay. I don't know who it was, but for some reason, one of our backers decided to come down and double the slant and let the deep end come through. And Chris Smith was one-on-one with Jameis Williams. That should never happen. So, but at that point in time, I mean, I wasn't in the building, but I mean, I knew you texted me. You said it felt like the air got sucked out of the building. So at that point in time, as a fan, like it felt like at that point in time, I was like, we have no shot at this. And I haven't felt that defeatist attitude, that Munsonitis that a lot of like older fans feel in so long. And it just was like a gut punch. And I haven't felt that way since the wheels started to come off in the 2018 SEC championship. Really, when Rodrigo missed that kick. That's the last time I felt that way. I'll tell you, man, it was a whole different feeling for me. I, I hadn't felt this way, I could probably say, in the Kirby Smart era. And I'll tell you why. Last year, I gave some wiggle, too, because, like, dude, hey, not just to be in COVID, but, like, Jamie Bolts and kind of leaves you in a lurch, right? And you're stuck at the most important position in the field playing somebody that 
is not at the talent level of your top level opponents. Right. So I gave a lot of grace last year because of that and never really had these feelings of frustration, but dude, last night, and this is why it's different from 18 for me in 18, Georgia came out and imposed their will. And a lot of things had to happen, whether it was DeAndre Walker getting hurt and not and then losing contain and then Jalen coming in and exploiting that or, or whatever, right? All these things had to happen. But Georgia was in that game and controlling that game in 18. And so you at least felt like we were prepared, had a good game plan, and then things went wrong and we just got beat. And in all honesty, I would have been way more okay if that's how it looked and felt last night. Last night was, I just felt like we got outcoached. I felt like we looked unmotivated. Um, and I felt like things happened that should not have happened given where the season is at, what was at stake and what we're playing for, whether that's what the scheme was on offense or what the scheme was on defense or whatever it may be. I, I just, to your point, man, I, just, I felt embarrassed last night, like watching the game. I was just going, what, what is happening right now? Like it wasn't just getting beat. It was how we got beat last night and it just made me feel very frustrated about how things are supposed to look moving forward and dude, they did everything you should do they exploited every weakness they saw on tape that they could exploit and that's what we should be doing right and I don't feel like we did that at all like did you feel like we did things on offense to exploit their weaknesses on defense because I didn't like I no the only thing that we did on offense to exploit any weakness was Bowers on their linebackers. But we did it too much. We didn't use it to our advantage at all because it was basically Bowers was our offense last night. You can't yeah. just – and they knew that. So, yeah, we gave up some yards, but it didn't open up anything else. And it basically became, okay, well, if we, we shut down Bowers or we lock him on – then eventually Stetson's going to make a mistake, and he did. Yeah. Well, you and I have talked about this online, offline a lot, and we talked about it a little bit on our show, but the thing that has worried me the whole season about the way we are constructed is that, A, we haven't been punched in the mouth all season and had to play from behind. So the team as a whole has zero experience doing that, okay? And also, as the offense as constructed, and I tweeted about this last night with Stetson at quarterback, is not built and has not been built to play from multiple scores down. That's not, that's not what that offense is, okay? So I thought the biggest stretch in the game last night, and as it generally is, and it's, it's really interesting because Uncle Chris said this walking into the game last night. So I think the most important part of this game is going to be the last two minutes of the second quarter and the first two minutes of the third quarter. So I think the game's going to be won and lost right there. Well, what happened in the last two minutes and the first two minutes? Alabama goes down and scores in a two-minute drive to take the lead 24-17 at half. And they come out and start the half by dropping an absolute hammer on us to get up 31-17. So that was the ball game to me. Because I thought once they were down two scores in the third quarter, I, I looked at Chris and I said, this is not good. Because this has now put Stetson in a place where we can't put him. And that's in a position where he feels like he has to make a play. Dude, he does not function well in that capacity. Like, 
And that throw on second down inside the 25 was absolutely bad. I'm going to try and make a play here when what I should have done is thrown this in the first row. Like the, you cannot make that throw. And I was happy he came out at the, in the post game and said, that's an unacceptable throw. It can't happen. Yes. It was absolutely an unacceptable throw because I could care less about the touchdown there or even the interception, but you literally are taking points off the board. That's guaranteed three points and possibly more because they would have had another bite at the apple on third down. So, dude, and homie, tell me, did you not have flashbacks to last year's game? It literally felt like we were replaying last year's third quarter. Down, down a score, down a couple scores, get inside the 20, interception. Get the ball back, another interception. Like, it literally felt like the same exact game. Just very frustrating. I mean, other than the way the first half and the beginning of the second half ended, yeah, it was the exact same game. I mean, they did get the field goal at the end of the first half, but they didn't. We pretty much shut them down until the end of the third quarter on defense. But I agree with you. It was the exact same circumstances. But I also want to put something on Kirby here because going for it on the fourth down doesn't make any sense. I agree. He could have made it 31-20. That made zero sense to me. At all. I, I don't get that. Same. that I, and to I, rush it there, too, made no sense. I 100% agree with you, and that has not gotten talked about at all, but that was a poor, poor coaching decision. I think he got sped up and panicked. That, yeah, and he panicked. I think, Surely I, think that, I, I think that speaks to what they thought the offense could do. We have to score a touchdown here to keep within one score because our offense is not going to score a ton of points and our defense can't stop. That's, that's what that showed me. When you're right. What they should have done was, I think, too, he was a little on tilt because they thought they had a touchdown when Brock has the ball all the way till he hits the ground and then it pops out. Like, almost makes another otherworldly play to elevate and catch that ball and then almost come down with it. But I, I think they were on tilt there. Like, oh, we got to go for it. Dude, it felt like when you're playing video games and you're like, I should have had a touchdown there. We got to go for it because I'm going to score a touchdown this time. Is that not what it felt like to you? Yeah. I was like, I feel like we're on NCAA yeah. football right now. Because this is exactly yeah. what I would have done. I would have gone for it and then I would have got sacked. <laughs> but yes, you're right. Yeah. They, they should have taken the field goal, been disciplined. You go down 31 20. And then didn't they come back and get another three and out after the fourth down? Because yeah. Yeah. that was that was then what led to the pick six. So then you're getting yep. the ball 31 20. And it's I guess it's very start of the fourth quarter, right? That's when the pick six happened. It was right at the beginning yep. of the fourth quarter. Yeah, man. And then, yeah, I, yeah, that was okay. You're, you're hundred percent right about that. We beat the drum on the negatives. We beat the drum on the negatives. We have to talk about the few positives from, from last night. And it, well, really there was okay. one positive from, there were two positives yeah. from last night that I got. There's I got a really, positives. really big positive. I'm going to give you the first one. And I think you're going to appreciate this description. Okay. After last night, the government's secret is out. Shield is an active <laughs> program and they created Brock Bowers in a lab and he is a super soldier. I, I think that's the only explanation. Yeah, I like here. that description. I'm, I'm sorry to the United States government. The American populace after the SC title game is now aware that shield is real and Brock Bowers is Steve Rogers. So that's, that's yeah. the first thing. Um, nice, nice yeah. chiseled jaw. Yeah, I, I can go with that. Yep. So somebody, somebody mock up that artwork and put it, put it online because he is shields newest asset out there in the wild. 
I mean, yeah, we should talk about him a little bit, man. Because, dude, can we talk about the touchdown catch? I mean, that should not have been a touchdown. The fact no, that he turned it into a touchdown is freakish. Freakish. Yeah. I mean, he bowled over three people. I mean, had people popping off him like he was riding down the road like a Coupe de Ville. I mean, he was just banging yeah. people off of him. It, it was unreal. Unreal. And that kid just plays with so much guts and so much determination. Like, he was essentially like, come on, everybody hop on. I'm going to just carry our ass for a little while. And he about, he about near did it. I mean, dude, he – what, what a player, man. True freshman. What a player. Yeah. Mackie Award, Mackie exactly. Award should be ashamed. Mackie Award should be ashamed of itself. Oh, that's okay. He's winning into the next two years. It's his oh, award the next two years. Just give it to he him. Play, he plays like this. He might end up in New York. So, that, that fair point. So, anyway, I want to go – I actually – I take it back. I have I have three positives from last night. So, All right. Let's hear it. Two. All I have, all I two, have is Brock Bowers. Okay. Two. Pickens, even in limited action, did look oh, good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So, now granted, he's not healthy, so he's not going to get a full run yet. We might see more – we're going to see a lot more playing time from him in the playoff game, but we're not probably going to see full – George Pickens ever again. That's just facts because he's never going to be, he's not going to be a hundred percent. He's cleared, but he's not going to be a hundred percent back to what he was. Cause it's just not enough time. And usually they always say, you know, it takes about 18 months to fully recover from an ACL, which realistically yeah. it does, but just the strength on that three yard slant pass that he, on that catch that he made was so impressive. I mean, the yes. deep pass catch, Shows his true athletic ability, but the strength from that three-yard slant—I thought better play. Oh wait, you mean you mean the one he was catch? You mean the one that should have been a pass interference, and they just decided that since he caught it, they just weren't going to call pass interference. Yes, yes, that one—the one where he had the guy draped on him, the guy you know basically covered his eyes with his with his hand, hit him in the face. Yeah, that one. Um, How about can we we stay on? The best part was stay on George for a minute because I want to talk about another play. How about the second and 10 play in the fourth when we're trying to drive and the guy, the Alabama cornerback is literally holding George's arm for the entirety of the play to the point where when Stetson throws the ball, George could only reach up with one arm because the Alabama uh, cornerback was holding his other arm. There were two officials on both sides of George, no flag. Like it wouldn't have mattered in the grand scheme of things, but like we looked at each other and we're like, are you kidding me right now? Like, that's not even one to knickknack about. Like, that's just a flag. <laughs> What's happening right yeah. now? All right. Anyways, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt the podcast. I mean, the officials. That no, that's okay. We could talk about the officials. The officials weren't as egregious as they have been in the past. I will say that from watching, True. from seeing the game on TV. They've been much worse. The, so, the only ones we, that bothered at me one point in time were the non call on George and then the phantom pass interference on Darion Kendrick. Oh my god, that was terrible. That was bad. bad. That was so, bad. I mean, that was that was that the game wasn't that, that was irrelevant if the Garens gave me things too at that point. True. So, the other the other really positive is having Salier back makes all the difference for our pass blocking. Salier played a hell of a game last night. Shut down Will Anderson. Will Anderson had one tackle for loss while Salier was in, and his sack came when the game was in doubt. When the game was settled, and they brought in Roderick Jones basically to give Salyer the rest of the night off because, you know, he's still recovering from that foot injury. And Salyer, 
I know he's going to play guard at the next level, but he very well could play left tackle and be another Isaiah Wynn and play left tackle in the NFL. I know he's a little small for that, for that, but he very well could. He played a hell of a game last night. I mean, our pass blocking last night was stellar compared to what everybody thought it was. Everybody thought that Setson was going to have to really use his legs a lot more than he did, and he didn't have to. He pretty much had a clean pocket other than really three plays all night. Yeah. I, so those yeah, are my I, three positives. <laughs> I am not upset with the offensive line. I thought they equipped themselves very well. There were opportunities for our offense all night, and we just didn't we didn't hit like we should have, uh, in my opinion. Uh, now, could we have done some things schematically, I think, to, to give Stetson some cleaner reads? Yeah, I expected way more movement from Stetson, like naturally getting him outside of the pocket and giving him clean throwing lanes. I thought he was inside the tackles more than he would be all night. I mean, I that surprised me a little bit. And I don't know how much of that was necessity or what, but that's not who he is. And so I didn't think that was setting him up for success to do that. But who knows? I We always try to caveat this with, look, I'm not in the building, so I don't know what they see on tape. I don't know what conversations they're having and saying, hey, this look feels good. I feel comfortable with this. I think we can exploit this. But – it, it was not one of my more favorite offensive game plans. I'll put it that way. I hated the offensive game plan. I will flat out say it. And I don't understand why we abandoned the run. We were not running the ball up the middle. We were never going to do that. But we were getting success running on the edge. And like I said in the pregame show, running right at Will Anderson, we were getting success on that early in the game. But as soon as we got in a track meet, we decided to stop running the ball, which What's the best way to slow down an explosive offense? Keep them off the field. Yeah, run the ball, run the clock. And for some reason, we decided to stop doing that. I have no idea why. If you want to get in the track meet, like you said earlier, Seston's not the quarterback for that. Nope, he's not. Nope. But we should have. If we would have run the ball last night, run the ball outside the tackles, we were getting good yardage—four, five, eight, seven, eight yards a pop every time. They yeah, only stopped I mean, us once on a run outside the tackles. Well, I posted this last night, but one of the biggest frustrating things for me is I feel like we allowed Alabama to dictate tempo and di- dictate what the game would look like all night long. And that can't happen. I mean, you have to come out and assert yourself and do what you do and be your identity. And we did not do that at all. Like, and again, man, I, again, I, I hate to harp on this. It goes back to, for me, the fact that they haven't played from behind all year. And when they got punched in the mouth and had to play from behind, I thought they panicked a little bit. That's what it seemed like. I mean, that's what it felt like watching it. They looked panicked. And I think it took them about a quarter and a half to get their feet back on them. And also, they haven't played in a close game since September. I mean, realistically, yeah. that, that also, you know, that matters. Well, and let's talk about that. Even that one, everybody in that stadium knew Clemson wasn't going to score a touchdown after the first half. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like this one where not only were you panicked and was it a tight game, but you knew they were going to keep scoring. And what are we going to do? It it was just – it was was always do. Dogs fans showed up. That stadium was – I mean, it felt like a home game. 
even when Bama was up, it wasn't like it was loud for Bama and they were getting these huge ovations. It was essentially like one segment of the stadium, which was essentially where their students were sitting and where their band was sitting. I mean, that was pretty much it. Otherwise, there were dogs everywhere. But boy, did it get quiet there in the second half. Like, third quarter, it was flat in the whole building. And I get it because I felt flat. But it was it was tough. It was a tough scene, man. I think the other tough part about last night is at the end of the day, it just felt like a slow drip from about the middle of the second quarter all the way to the end of the game. Just a slow drip that, oh, this is going to happen again. Like, we are going to lose to them again. And, oh, God, it was brutal. Plus, I haven't even told you this yet. These two old guys were sitting beside us, and they were literally the only Bama fans in our entire section. And they were, like, the most entitled, snide Bama fans you've ever met in your life, and they were just insufferable the entire second half. So that was great, in case you wondered what that viewing experience was like. <laughs> I'll keep this clean. I'll paraphrase this tweet. This tweet, uh, I, I couldn't tell you who it was. This is a fan tweeted this. And I, I, I kind of kind of feel this way. I think this, this surmise the Georgia fan base. My favorite team is getting blown out by my least favorite team. And Gary Danielson's narrating it. I now know what hell is like. There was some colorful that's- language in there, but that's the gist of it. That's that's really funny. That's an A plus tweet. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was good. I so, will say the positive of being in the stadium was not having to listen to Gary. You know, honestly, out of maybe it was because I was drinking quite a bit, but he didn't get on my nerves half as much as he normally does. Like he really did. Now, like well, I said, maybe because of the alcohol, but you know, he wasn't as insufferable last night as usual. I just think everybody was surprised, man. Like, that's kind of the gist I took from a lot of the post-game shows on national TV was people were just like, I, I can't have it. I don't think people have really processed what happened last night. I mean, we went to game day at Fanfare, and uh, LC was the only one that picked Bama. So yeah. Everybody picked Georgia. Everybody I, was picking Georgia. And a lot of people were picking Georgia not just to win, but to win comfortably. Like everybody was picking Georgia to win by the score that Bama won by. Yeah. Like I think if the score had been reversed, no one would have been surprised. Like everyone is surprised by this. So, but everything is still in front of us now. Let's not, we've, we've talked, we've done enough enough emotional cutting for this episode. Let's talk a little bit more about pauses before we wrap it up. Okay. First off, before we get to the, Get to the CFP. Congratulations to Nicobe Dean, our second Buckus Award winner in the yep. last four years. Yeah, yep. I was announced earlier today. Yep. So congratulations to Nicobe. Well deserved. Well deserved. Well earned. Hundred percent. And also, so, as a side note to that, give some. Let's give some props to Coach Schumann and Coach Lanning for, you know, yes. I don't think I don't think Coach Schumann gets nearly enough credit, and I think Coach Schumann is a fantastic coach so good on both of them and i mean so so happy for nicobe like if you're talking about ambassadors for the georgia football program i mean you you couldn't create one better than nicobe dean so 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 awesome that he won that yes i'm so glad you brought that up congratulations to him that's stinking fantastic catfish and spaghetti for everybody baby <laughs> celebrate that buckets award 
So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So and you know we're still in the playoffs. We still got another shot. We still are. We still have a shot at everything. We still have a shot at the at what we the ultimate goal. And right. as much as I hate to say it, we're probably gonna if we're gonna win it, we're probably gonna have to play Bama again. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's mark this, okay? It's 2.50 on Sunday afternoon, day after the SC Championship game. We are officially washing the SC Championship game. We're done with it. It's over with. We've, we've made our peace with it. We've griped about it. Now we're done. Now we are fully focused on Michigan and the Wolverines in the Orange Bowl. First thoughts on that. Are you surprised they're playing in Miami, or did you kind of figure that the one seed would end up at the Cotton Bowl? Yeah, from everything I've been reading when it was talked about that when everybody thought that Georgia was going to be the one seed that they wanted to go to the cotton bowl because they didn't want the distractions of Miami beach. So I kind of thought that whoever was stuck in the two or three was going to be stuck in Miami because the one wasn't going to want the distractions unless it was a big 12 team that got the four because they didn't want it to be more of a home game for the big 12 team. So yeah. I'm not really surprised that we're in the orange bowl. How do you feel about that matchup? When you saw it, because after we started thinking through it last night, post game, and kind of how the rankings would run, we picked it last night on the way back to hood. Everything they want to do from an offensive perspective is what we defend well as a defense. So I think that is a favorable matchup for us, unit to unit. My question is we are going to play another very good defense with two elite edge rushers. And I'm going to ask you a two-part question here. How does our offense respond and deal with all that after what just happened last night? And this is the more loaded question. What odds are you putting on Kirby and the offensive staff making any kind of change at quarterback? I will answer the second part first and then answer the first part. I think there is a 0.0 chance that they make a change at quarterback. I'm not going to get into my reasoning. We can talk about that at a later date because that could that's a whole episode into itself. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my thought process. Okay. And if changes that they th- I think they will make. I think that we won't be as stubborn with running the ball because this won't have to be a track meet. I think this game plays into our offensive philosophy of wanting to establish the run hit play action, which plays more into Stetson's strengths. Yep. Also, we'll give him more of an RPO-style game plan, which also plays into his strengths. Also, Salyer should be fully healthy by December 31st, which should negate one of the pass rushers, as long as McClendon can hit, you know, stand his ground like he did yesterday. I really am not as concerned about them as probably some other people are. Because like I said earlier, the offensive line really impressed me yesterday. Really did. That was the best passing uh, pass blocking I've seen them all season. And if they can continue that against Michigan, I think we run away with that game. Yeah. Yeah, they released an initial spread on that game. I wonder what the number's going to be. They did already. Seven and a half. Yeah, that's about right. I, I think that's about right. I think that'll probably grow as it gets closer, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, probably. I, I don't think it's a good matchup for Michigan. Again, I, I think everything they do on offense is just right up our alley schematically. So 
it's just not an it's just not a matchup that gives me a lot of nerves. It, for me, this is all about the rematch and yeah, get getting to Indy and getting another dance with Alabama and have we made any adjustments? Right, like what are we going to do different this time? So we'll see. I mean, I, I do think last night felt like a lot and felt heavy because it's the SEC title and now we're not undefeated and it was Alabama. So there's a lot of stuff going on. But to your point, in the grand scheme of things, everything is still in front of Georgia. The, the main goal is to win a national title. You can still do that. It's not a requirement to be a conference champion to win a national title. So, I mean, let's just remember 2017 for a minute. So she was on the other foot. Maybe we can return that favor at least. Um, but so, yeah, I, for me, that that's where everything ends up counting down to is January 10th. If we don't beat Michigan, something has gone horribly wrong. Like I, that's how I feel about it. I'm saying that today. And I mean that if they lose to that Michigan team, they aren't who anybody thought they were. I'll just put it like that. So they need to win that football game, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't think, I do think another positive last night that we didn't talk about and no injuries last night, right? Nobody came out messed up for us. I mean, not that we know of, not that we know of. And I hate, I hate that news for Mechie, man. I just hate that. I hate that for kids. Non-contact to it. It yeah. did not look great. No. Out, you know, ACL injury. Hopefully he can make a, a Pickens like recovery. Yeah. What is he? Is he, is he, is he draft eligible this year? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe I mean, if he is, he's gone. If he's if he is draft eligible, he's going to go. So, yeah, he has no. Yeah. I know William. I know. I'm pretty sure William says. Yeah, well, because he's Ohio State transfer, right? Yeah, which is just blows my mind every time I think about that. I know, dude. They had three thousand yard receivers, and then they got another one that's now playing in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh yeah. So. All right, man. Well, that's emotionally. That's about all I've got. I'm I'm still pretty spent yeah, from last I, night. I, I feel I feel drained now again. Yeah. All right. Well, we will. Um, yeah, we'll touch back later in the week. I I'll, I'm sure we'll both have some more thoughts on not just kind of where things are, but we also got signing day coming up too. So you know, we'll have some stuff to talk about. We got to talk about yeah. some stuff. I, this is going to be a long, long four weeks, given what happened last night. So we, we got to fill the air with some. Some good stuff, right? We got to get the optimism back. Your boy's I mean, gonna be back I mean, on the optimism train tomorrow. There's, there's signing day. There's gonna be some coaching changes, turnover. You know, it's just the nature of the beast. So, I mean, there's gonna be lots of stuff to talk about. So, we'll have plenty to you know bring forth in the next four weeks. And like, you know, we'll be back to our you know normal. You'll be back to your normal pes- uh, optimistic self, and I'll be back to my normal you know glass half empty self. So, we'll be right on right on par. Yeah, the yin and the yang. We'll be back and forth. We promise. Yeah. All right. Well, we will uh we'll talk with everybody soon. Keep your heads up. A lot lot left to play for, a lot left that can happen. So just gonna be a you know, a little more melancholy Christmas season than maybe it would have been if we'd felled the felled the giant last night. But um yeah, if y'all would go ahead and follow us on social. Uh, we got to meet a few of you this weekend while we were out, which was great. It's good to see some people. We saw our guy Hunter uh, on the spike squad this weekend, which is great to see him. And they always do a great job. So that was that was awesome. And, um, yeah, so, uh, we will, um, touch base soon here in the next week or so. And until then go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.